Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, where men talk about stuff men don't want to talk about. And yeah. This is one of those topics, you know, that I think they, they definitely don't want to talk about, because, you know, today we're going to talk about bullying, right? Bullying. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, growing up when we did, uh, you know, you had a little uh, rift with somebody, had an argument with somebody, you know, might end up with throwing a few punches, things like that. You know, I never forget I had a, uh, a good friend who possibly could be listening to this podcast, to be honest with you. He and I were playing basketball, shooting baskets during lunch hour. I don't even know what happened, and he probably doesn't either, but uh, we were under the basket, and all of a sudden, he popped me. I don't remember if I hit him back or not, but we walked out uh, of the gym. No teachers had seen us, so we didn't get in trouble. But we walked out of the gym, and he's like, I'm sorry, dude. You know, And I said, well, I'm sorry, too. I don't know what happened. You know, But I think bullying right, is not just having a little scuffle. No. Jordan, why don't no. you chime no, in here and a little I bit? I think that's probably where, and, and you know, obviously we're not looking at the literature right now, but there's there's got to be this thing called chronic bullying. There's people that, that they're, they're, uh, this is happening on a regular basis, day in, day out, right. you know, and so that's kind of where we want to go today, guys, is just kind of looking at, um, looking at not only what, what are some of the things going on that probably creates this culture and this context, this happens, you know, bullying has been a problem probably as long as, as we can imagine, you know, cause there's going to be this sort of a, I call it pecking order, you know, where people are constantly trying to one up each other and, and trying to make themselves look better. Where I kind of wanted to jump in today with this topic, it's kind of funny as Chris and I hadn't really talked about this before we're, before we're shooting, so we're just kind of going live with this, is this idea, and it's, it's a topic that they gets brought up in the addiction world, trauma world a lot, called compulsion to repeat the trauma. And one of the classic examples of this compulsion to repeat the trauma piece can be found in bullying. Because it's kind of the idea of when, let's say, you've got a kid who at an early age experienced some bullying at school, could be bullying at home by an, by an older sibling, but anywhere they're experiencing that, how a lot of times they can in turn become the bully. That's you know, Jordan, I hate to interrupt you, <laughs> but I'm thinking of the movie Back to the Future right now. And I don't know if you remember. I do. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry. I just, you know, there's some... <laughs> I'm picturing that like fly. The, yeah. these these alternative uh, realities, right? But um, 
you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Come back in and, and uh, bring me back in. No, see, it. you actually took me to the place that I can't remember the guy's name. The big, the Biff. Big, uh, Biff. Was Biff. It Biff? Was Biff. Yeah, yeah. So Biff is this. Bully. Biff is the classic. Biff bully. is the classic yeah, bully, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so, and if you haven't, for for our younger uh, listeners, uh, you you might have to go. Go to the video store and rent Back we, to the Future. Yeah. Oh wait, no, we don't do it like that yeah, anymore. Yeah. We apologize for our age again. <laughs> yeah, don't, right. Don't hurt us, we're old. Right. So um, a little but, geriatric humor yeah, here. Yeah. So. But but no. So for our generation, you and you did. You actually had a lot of movies where there sort of was the classic, the classic bad guy character. Right. He's the bully. My point with compulsion repeat the trauma piece that I was going into is that you will see this a lot of times in kids of how kids that come from situations where they are subjected to violence or they're just or they're bullied you know that they in turn will pass that on you know this happens as well and we haven't talked about this really yet on the podcast we will at some point uh of how this plays out with sexual abuse as well it's the term the reenactor the person that is sexually abused that in turn reenacts and perpetrates on somebody else a little different than when you're talking about like a pedophile or a chronic molester you know, this is somebody who oftentimes reenacts because they're trying to make sense of what happened to them. Well, this this is seen in bullying a lot of trying to make sense of what's going on to me. Why am I a target here? Why why do I have this uh, this this target on my back, so to speak, the kick me sign? You know, mm-hmm. in school. You know, and I, and I think guys, if you can sit there, and probably for our younger listeners too, who we appreciate, by the way, uh, you know, who you think of being in school right now. You all you are either that kid or you know that kid. You know the kid that paints this big target on that everybody messes with in some way. And don't you feel like on some level that this student, as a student, I should, let me back up, as a student, you are constantly being watched. Even if it's not true, you feel that way in school, right? You feel like everything you do, everything you say is being judged constantly, and on some level it is. Is bullying a matter of on some of, for some of these students? Do bullies pick out those kids who don't have the tough skin or the so to speak? Do you know what I mean? Do you know where I'm going with that? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think they do. I think there are kids that, that definitely paint a target. You know, and I keep saying paint a target on their back, but a lot of times it's the kids that don't that they, they don't really have it out. They don't maybe physically they know they can't do anything about this situation. Verbally, they might not can outspar somebody. They don't really have a resource, you know. And so, and I, and I don't mind, you know, sharing a little bit of, of my past in this as well because I can I can relate to both sides of this. The, the compulsion repeat the trauma piece was so big to me when I was going through some of my work because at an early age, a young age, I was that kid. I don't know if it was the kid that painted a target on his back, but I definitely experienced some bullying as a kid, uh, particularly middle school. So for me. This, this story kind of played out to where I would a lot of times at school, number one, I just didn't want to be there. Number two, I would call home and pretend sick quite a bit to a point to where, honestly, now, if it was in today's age, probably the courts would get involved. I missed a lot of school as, as a middle school kid, mainly because I didn't want to deal with some of the guys that, that at the time I thought, well, I can't physically take them. Right. And, and there was really nothing being done about it to help. I had no resource to kind of deal with this on. And so for years, I remember, and I can remember kind of contemplating this as, as a kid, uh, it shifted to me developing this persona that by the time I got to high school, I was a completely different kid. And it was very calculated and constructed by me. of Like, I'm not going to be that guy. 
I don't want to be that guy. So what I'm going to become in turn, guess what? I become the bully myself. Not so much physically, but definitely verbally. You know, I was the kid that was going to find a way to make fun of you, put you, you know, in a way that was kind of kind of cruel at a lot of times. And well, I, and, and, you know, kind of sort of the source of that, when you mentioned middle school, middle school is just terrible. I mean, it's really, those, those are tough years uh, for a lot of kids that girls are, are in a, a terrible spot in middle school. Boys are in a terrible spot in middle school. One of the things I'd like to just touch on here is, Look at look at phi ed class, you know. And I don't know if school. I've been in a school in a long time, but you know the showers are wide open uh, for boys. Locker room, you know, you're in there. You have forced to shower. You know, you have to shower after phi ed. You go in there. You're naked with all your peers. Um, you're vulnerable. Yeah. A lot of hazing. Yep. Um, the 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 skinny kid, which you know, I was a skinny kid. You know, you're not the big buff athlete at that time you know most kids are feeling very awkward and vulnerable and and then put in those situations you know certainly can't help the uh person's self-esteem you know if you're not quote unquote that kid who's um developed and athletic and things like that and so uh, those sorts of scenes play out in uh, other ways right that's right well and yeah and i think one of the things that i i kind of want to jump on with this that i think is important uh, I, I think I've mentioned on earlier podcasts that, that my, you know, my wife and I sometimes go back and forth because I am a dad of boys. And I, I tend to be one of these that, that says, you know, we need to be have a little freedom to, when there is a bully, to be able to do something about that. In schools these days, to me, there seems to be this tendency towards if you respond to a certain, if you respond physically, you're going to be in as much trouble, maybe even as more possibly, than the person that was doing something. Too. Right, and you're and perpetuating violence. Absolutely. Right. So absolutely telling the kid, well, yeah. if he hits you, hit him back. Hit him back. Okay, so now, so now we're gonna have a brawl. <laughs> what are we gonna do now? We're, we're, right. Now what? You know. And, and where I've always been, and Chris, I can chime in. He may have a different thought on this. I'm trying to advocate here for maybe a middle ground here. I feel like we need something because the anti-bullying stuff at school, we all know it's a joke. It's not working. Sorry if you're one of those people creating that, but that's 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 reality. I deal, I see a lot of kids, some that I have in the past in therapy. It ain't working, okay? So there's that aspect of it to where you're really, you're really, you don't have an out to be able to handle it yourself, so to speak, versus the other extreme, which is probably how Chris and I were taught growing up, I'd be willing to bet, was that you handle it yourself. The bully comes in, well, you just you hit them, you know, and, and it knocks them down. Right, or, or run away. Well, and, right. I, and I'll use my own story here. Newsflash, folks, there are times that I can very much remember as a, as a back to middle school again, that there was a time where me and one of my buddies got, in, got into it a little bit. He was somewhat of a bully, but, but anyway, long story short, I remember having this feeling because he grabbed me in a headlock, and at the time I had this feeling like there was nothing I could do to get him off. You ever heard of the comedian Louis Anderson? Yeah. Louis Anderson did a skit on this, and he talked about that where he says, I got you in a headlock. Now what you going to do? <laughs> that reminds right. me. That was it. Now what? That was it. Because literally at that time, there was absolutely, in my mind, there was nothing I could do. Because physically, I was not as big as this. I could not get him off. Now, yes, maybe I could have known martial arts, all that. But long story short, there's nothing I could have done there. My point being, there has to be some sort of middle ground here between handling on your own, 
and the resources that, again, teachers need or whatever to be able to interject, you know, because here's the thing. I, I can't imagine, and Chris has been in this spot, and I don't mean to put him on the spot here, but as a teacher, you, you can't tell me that you don't see and you don't hear and you don't notice stuff. I think there is a tendency right now to not dig into it because either we don't want to deal with it or we don't have the support to deal with it. But there's something about that because in understanding social situations, we see what's going on. Right. Well, and I, you know, I think about the hallways. You know, it's easy when you see something to say to a student, hey, knock it off. You know, don't do that. But what we don't see is what's going on when they're not together, when we're not together with them. So I mentioned in a about three episodes ago how girls do a lot of the re- relational electronic bullying and, and exclusion and ostracism, things like that. Boys are, you know, it's they're excluding them. The physical stuff, um, that's happening a lot. Who turns it in? That kid turns it in. Hey, I, you know, so-and-so is picking on me. What does administration do? You that's know, right. those are the questions we got to ask. And are there consequences for it? I don't know. Right. And I don't real, know. Real, I'm, consequences. real consequences. I'm not in a classroom anymore. I've been out of there a long time. Um, but I know there was stuff going on and uh, nothing's happening. That's to, right. To stop it, to That's prevent right. it. And so don't even get me started on the, on the fact that school is the only place you're going to be with your peers all day long, every day. Because that, I think, is inherently part of the problem. Part of the problem. You know, you're Absolutely. with, you put a, you put a group of a hundred 15-year-olds together, you're going to have that. You're going to have problems. Yes. And, yeah. and so yeah. there's not much, uh, I don't think, there's much mentoring. Um, you know, a teacher's in a classroom with 30 students. There's just not the one-to-one. Um, you know, where I taught, they implemented a mentorship where some of the male teachers mentored some of the some of the boys. I, I think that was a good, pro, uh, a good uh, program, so to speak. Maybe we could get one of my former colleagues to talk about that. But kids, students need role models. They need mentors. They need role models. And, you know, the the bullying programs, I think, from what you're saying, and I'm not really familiar with the curriculum involved there, but they sound a lot like the D.A.R.E. program. Right, and the Dare program—that was is, a huge success. That was that was really successful too. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. you know, sit through this program and yeah. and and then be chem free, right? Yeah. And and I, guys, I don't I don't want to be or on this podcast, we don't want to be people who are just sitting here. I mean, we're not trying to criticize necessarily without giving offering any type of hope, you know, with this too. But I, I more so today, just begging this question of like, what what is wrong? What can be fixed? What could give hope with this particular uh, topic? Because we know, uh, as we as we've just seen, I know we did an episode uh, a few weeks back on uh, sort of thrust upon the school shooting stuff that has happened. Uh, well, guys, you know this bullying piece is going to be a part of that. It has been in other in other stories, uh, you know. So. It, it's an it's an issue that would, that needs to be addressed. To me, where it's important for us is you know we're we're sitting here trying to talk about things men don't typically talk about. How many guys are going to come home to their parents and talk about being bullied? Well, I'll tell you, I didn't because there's shame in that. There, there's stuff that you don't want to admit because we all you know most most boys growing up we want to be the tough guy. We want to be the 
the, the old. Well, I don't, you know, and, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to stop you there, Jordan, for just a second. I don't know if we even want to, but we're taught to be. There you right? go. It's, it's culture has said that. That's we're going right. to talk about toxic masculinity. Well, we can't be surprised that men don't talk and men act the way they do when that's what they're taught. Because that is what they're taught. Don't talk. Yep. Don't show feelings. Be the tough guy. We can't we can't act surprised when they're that way. That's right. So, That's exactly right. Um, and and that touches on just going back to the to the uh, school shooting piece. This is where folks, your politics aside, my politics aside, gun control, that may be a part of what we have to do. I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know. The bullying piece, the that has to be part of this conversation. Absolutely. We can't put it all on gun control. That's no, we can't. Um, no, we can't. We we've got to be able to put it. Like Chris said, all politics aside, we we've got to be able to uh, really address all of the different facets and the issues that that come that that that, that comes up. To me, the school shooting thing is 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 glaringly obvious to us that there is a problem. Right. You right. know, now it's what do we do knowing there is a problem? Yes. Uh, and I think it's going to take multiple different people and institutions coming together to form some sort of a, you know, I would say a curriculum, some sort of consortium maybe on how to deal with this particular issue. Right. It's, and it's, it's very serious, obviously. And um, I think it's hard to stick your flag into one piece of ground on this issue. I think it has to be collaborative. I, it's, it cannot be an us-them situation because we, we just really have to come together and address the issues, the disease, not just the symptom, so to speak. Um, and I think I think anybody who's gone through middle school in a traditional school setting would agree that that is a huge part of the middle school experience. Bullying, isolation. For Absolutely. girls, it's this ostracism and electronic uh, bullying, things like that. And, and what we're speaking to, guys, when you really think about that, we're placing kids to where they're going to deal with trauma right there. Right. Setting them up for it. Right. You know, that that is not a, uh, uh, I don't want to do that. Right. You know? No. So, I mean, that. No, and I think, you know, to close out here, I think what you said earlier is, is this middle ground. We got to have some middle ground. It can't be, well, boys will be boys. And it can't, and it also can't be, Boys can't be boys at all. That's it. Right? Yep. So, and that would be the same for, for girls, that, yep. you know, we need to be supportive and uh, provide the resources and appropriate responses to this stuff. And guys, I can't say any better than that. Chris just did one of those drop the big cup coffee mug moments. So, <laughs> yeah. with, with that statement, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. Um, guys, we appreciate you uh, listening to us. Uh, please, you know, share this with people you know that need to hear this. Uh, we know there are amount, a number of people that need to hear this, and we appreciate all of you that are tuning in and listening to us. All of our all of our listeners, please get on, subscribe, follow us on social media. You know, like we said before, I think we got them all now, or most of them. Yeah, I think so. We do. You know, right. you there's know. some we haven't heard of just because of our age. Yeah, but, right, right, um, right. We're we're working on it, and yeah. um, if you have questions for us or comments, please reach out to us through um, these various places or go to the website. Have a good week. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC, for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. 
This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.